Welcome to the Shallow Dive on Koheles, the book of Ecclesiastes. Join us as we explore the treasures gathered by King Solomon. I hope you enjoy it. All right, so we are in the third parak. Let's do a little bit of Chazara, starting with Pasik Hay. We saw this already, but just a little chazar. Ace lahashlich avonim a time to cast stones. The ace kenos avonim a time to gather stones. Which uh, stones are a metaphor. Many of the mafarshim say that it means for construction. Time to cast uh, stones is a, a symbol of uh, either churban habayis, destruction of the temple, or uh, general destruction. Time of gathering stones is uh, a preparatory stage for building. Uh, a slightly different take we saw in the Ezra, that they're both facets of building, but the casting of the stones are casting them towards where you want to build them. So it's uh, a, a looser, less precise stage. Sometimes in building, you need to be very precise and conscientious, sometimes it's more important to just start the ball rolling in a general sense, get the stones towards where you want to build the wall, than being so precise to put it in its exact place. So sometimes casting the stones is good, sometimes they need to be gathered and placed in the exact location. There's a time to embrace and a time to distance from embrace. So, the Ibn Ezra on that says an, an important insight. He says, people have native desires, and, and they are on a continuum. Sometimes a person, the, their spirit is craving social connection. And sometimes a person is craving solitude. And they're both natural, and they both have a time. They're both reasonable and should be respected and, and facilitated. I mean, when you are interacting with somebody, so if you can get a sense of where they're at, what their needs are, you can react in a manner that would be ideal for them. If they, if they need the companionship, the closeness, and you can offer that, great. If they need to be left alone, and you can offer that, so also great. But you have to be on the lookout. They're both normal and healthy within a right context. And, and uh, I think the corollary of that is to not view something as a personal rejection. Uh, sometimes if somebody needs their space, wants to be alone, um, a person shouldn't feel like, oh, what did I do? It's not necessarily about you. It's, it's about them. This is what they need right now. They, they need to be alone with their thoughts. They need to be able to process something independently, they need to have quiet. They, they don't need an embrace right now. They need to have distance from embrace, and that should be validated. There's a time for it, and it's acceptable, and both are appropriate. Different people have different needs, but recognizing that is important. And Pasuk Vav, Ace Levakesh, the Ace Laabed, a time to search, and a time to make lost. So, the time to search is translated, uh, in, interpreted by, uh, in, in various ways. Uh, we saw, I guess, starting with uh, the interpretation of the Targum, it's, in a general sense, a, a search for assets, a search for wealth, uh, accumulation uh, to, to become... Uh, financially independent, right? We spoke about the uh, fascinating, the Sephorno in the beginning of Pasha's Vayeshev says that at that time, what were the 12 tribes primarily engaged in was the acquisition of wealth. And he's not saying that in a disparaging way. He's saying that was a time for them to do this. So that was uh, part of the, the fuel of the uh, 
the enmity between Yosef and the brothers was that he was critiquing them in this manner of, uh, of how they were shepherding when this was their primary focus and uh, that, that contributed to the, the hostilities. It wasn't just a, a casual side issue. It was, this was their primary focus at that time. And sometimes that's what a person should focus on. The, the Gemara says in Brachus that when it's time to harvest, a person should make that a focus and, and not view that as uh, uh, perhaps secondary. At the time, when it needs to be done, it needs to have a person's attention. So, time to lose is a bit harder to understand. Uh, when, should, when should assets be lost? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's, that's a little bit uh, more perplexing. Um, the, the continuity of it we see uh, in the next pair, a similar example, but it, it doesn't really help for explaining this aspect of ace l'abed, uh, to lose. Um, he says that the, the next pair, ace lishmor for ace l'hashel, a time to guard and a time to cast. He says sometimes a person needs to guard their, their cargo on a ship, and sometimes if there's a storm, they need to cast it off because it's endangering the, the people on the ship. If, if the, the ship is not seaworthy enough, it's, it's uh, too much weight, and in order to save themselves, they need to, to get rid of the cargo, so be it. That's the time to do it. Uh, but, but yeah, then that, that still leaves open the previous pair, uh, a time to, to lose their assets, lemeibad nechsaya. And it's, it's just a very bizarre thing that normally, right, a person needs to avoid losing assets. It, a loss of assets is, uh, is considered uh, baltashchis often, right? Somebody is complicit in the loss of their assets, that's baltashchis. It's, uh, it's wasteful. It, it's not relating to it as something that is a gift of God that, that needs to be protected or, or pursued. Um, sought after. Why does he use that terminology? Uh, so he doesn't explain. So I can't really tell you what Targum means necessarily, but perhaps we could see from other interpretations something that would fit with Targum. Um, the the uh, Mitzvah's David, who often is working in Pshat, says, Levakesh, a time to seek out, Lechapis Achar to search for something that was lost. And sometimes that very thing, a person should try and lose it intentionally. So he's, he's interpreting it in, in, in trying to make a very precise symmetry between each, each part of the pair of this, this uh, pursuit versus making lost. He says sometimes... You need to make something lost. You need to have it inaccessible. It is something that's yours. You need to make it inaccessible. And then sometimes you have to go and find it. I know there are people that uh, they, they hide their phones, literally. There are times in the day or you know, a week, whatever it is, that they hide their phones. Now, anybody who's keeping Shabbos could relate to this, um, that it can afford a person opportunities that they don't normally have by having that lost to them, not accessible. And sometimes to seek it out, you need to have it, find it. Uh, this, this is, uh, you know, the, the relationship to assets is recognizing the importance of them, but also recognizing that sometimes it can be a distraction, sometimes it can uh, reduce the quality of life if, if, by its presence, by, by it taking up your, your mind space, whatever it is. And it needs to be distanced and lost at that time. So, so perhaps uh, Targum would be going in that sense. I'm not sure. But the, in the basic interpretation, he certainly is not re rejecting baltashchis. Uh, and the second part of casting it off, uh, that's again not baltashchis because he's saving himself by losing these assets, uh, by, by casting them over the ship. Um, the... Interpretation um, 
who has this? Uh, somebody, one second, who says this? Yeah, okay, so, so, but basically, Talumasa Chachma and Rashi are both on a similar page. So we'll take a look at how they interpret this. They, they are shifting, as they often do, both of them, through these, uh, this series of 28 pairs, uh, are viewing it through the, the lens of the God-man relationship. So he says, uh, I guess we'll start with Rashi. Rashi says, Ace, levakesh, a time to seek out. Kinin shenemar es haovedes avakesh, that which was lost, I shall seek out. For those that were lost of Israel. Members of the Jewish people were lost, and God will seek them out. And that's very similar to Lemusachachma. He's quoting a Pasuk, actually, um, not in Yechezkel, but a Pasuk in Devarim, Uvikashtem Misham. So he's going actually from the opposite angle. It's referring to the relationship between God and the Jewish people, but from the different, from the opposite perspectives. Rashi is saying that um, God will seek out the Jewish people, and the Talmud Sechachma is going to the Misham, and you shall seek out God from there. So, so it's uh, the same, the same pu'ula, just the, the different partner in the relationship. And the corollary of Ace Laban, it's a time to lose or to be lost. So Rashi says, Ace Laban, Ace Begola, a time to be lost in the exile. As it says, And that they agree on. Both Rashi and Tulum Sechachma quote the same exact verse. A time to be lost is referring to the curse of being lost among the nations, which, of course, is not ideal. Uh, there, there's no ideal time to, uh, to bring this about. It, it's, it is a result of the folly of, of the people that, that bring this upon themselves. But, but the, the response is actually uh, a, the, the, the result of exile that comes about from that folly is a form of, uh, maybe say, tough love. It's a form of tough love. Um, and and uh, it's, when we say there's a time for it, meaning in a, in a benign sense, that it is acceptable and appropriate, Yes, what brought it about was not appropriate, but in this context, it is actually a good thing. So, when the Jewish people sinned, so being made to be lost amongst the nations was a good thing, and is a good thing. We're not, we're not out of that. Uh, so yeah, if you take a look at the Medrash by the Brisbane of Asarim. Yeah. It says, And the sun set, and it was a, a deep darkness. It says, A furnace smoking with, with torch. Shimon bar Abba b'shem Rabbi Yochanan Omar, Arba dvarim heralo. There, this is the covenant of the parts. God is entering into covenant with Avram. This is a, an eternal covenant between the nation, the Jewish people, and God. And when you're making a covenant, you have to realize if it's for the long haul, things might not, might not always go so smoothly. And God is showing him four things. Gehenem, umalchios, umatentera, ubeisamiktosh. The four things that are relating to the components that are part of this long-term covenant, they are Gehenim, Purgatory. Malchus is a, uh, a reference to the subjugation of the exiles. Matan Torah, the giving of the Torah. 
and Beis Hamikdash. So the, those Matzahers, uh, the the uh, fulfillment of the covenant, the, the full expression of God's will to the Jewish people, and Beis Hamikdash is His dwelling among us. So you have the the uh, positive side and the negative side, as it were, um, of the the facets of the equation that can make the bris last, that can have the covenant have staying power. Amarlo. So God is making a deal. There's negotiations. Kozman, asukim bishtayim, All the while that your children are engaged and, and pursuing active in two of these four things, they will be saved from the other two. Per If they separate from the two things, then then they will be judged with two things. So if the Jewish people keep the Torah and uh, do the appropriate service based on Mikdash, they will be preserved and saved from purgatory and the subjugation of the exile. However, perish Mishnah, then they're judged by two. So God offers Avraham a choice. What would you like your children to have? What would you like them to go down to? Gehenim or Malchus? Would you prefer that your children have purgatory or exile? So that was the question he was asked. He says, you want to make a deal? You want it to go all the generations? Well, people don't always do what they're supposed to do. We need to have some fine print in this contract. What do you want? <laughs> when things don't go right, in order to preserve the long-term uh, bond of, of the covenant, what do you, what do you want? How, how do we make things right? Gehenna or Malchus? Purgatory or the exile? Rabbi Chanino bar Papa Amar Avram berar lo esamalchus. So Rabbi Chanino bar Papa says Avram chose for himself the the choice of galus, exile. Rabbi Yudan, Rabbi Rabbi Idi, Rabbi Chama bar Chanino Amru Avram berar Gehenim. They say no. Avram chose Gehenim actually. A machlokes. Which which form of uh, ensuring the long term relationship remains intact? What do you want? Kiz a machlokes. And God chose the exile. Interesting. So meaning, either Avram chose exile, or Avram said, Gehenim, and God says, let's try exile. <laughs> so that's... Uh, in, in, what was that? Does that mean that there is no Gehenna? There definitely is Gehenna. There definitely is Gehenna. But in terms of, of what is the choice of how to preserve the bris between Avram and, and Akash Baruch Hu for all the Deras, what is the plan A, as it were? It's not really plan A. Plan A is keep the Torah, do that vote in Mikdash, don't need any, any uh, uh, side means of, of keeping things on track. So the, uh, the Medrash goes further to try and fill out proofs of which way, who chose what, but uh, Al-Kopanim, we find that the idea of being cast, being lost in exile is, if not by Avram as well, certainly by God, uh, the choice, the choice method of preserving the Jewish people. It's kind of a paradox. To be lost is the way of preserving. This is a remarkable idea, uh, but there's a time for it. In this circumstances, this is the, the appropriate ideal. Vavaratem uh, bagayim. In terms of explaining the... Uh, there's a Gemara in, in uh, Erevin. Do I have an Erevin here somewhere? You see an Erevin? No? Oh, it's over here. Sorry. Gemara in Erevin. Daphne Testament Aleph. Says that... Avram Avinu uh, is uh, instrumental in helping the Jewish people uh, in dealing with Gehenna. Interesting idea. It says, uh, that uh, if 
you know, it's important to understand what Gehenna is about, right? Gehenna is a spiritual hospital. It's nowhere you ever want to go, but if you need it, then you want to be able to go there. Right? It's, it will iron out the problems that serve as a barrier between a person and a Kaddish Baruch Hu. So, uh, it says about uh, people that have a liability, the end of their 120 years or whatever they're allotted, hopefully more, then what happens if their verdict was they need some to burn off some of their uh, impurities? Avram comes down and he, uh, he takes them out, he pulls them out. Avram Avinu. So, it's a great plan. Avram Avinu says, I, I chose Golos. Let's get out of here. I chose exile. Let's get out of Gehenna. Right? I, we, we have the eternal covenant. If, if you have exile, so then that, that should cover you. But, Bar Misrael Shabbat Abbasov to the exclusion of one case. Avram Avinu is powerless against one who has cemented a relationship with an idolatrous. That causes a spiritual uh, rejection of the covenant. Dimashcha Orlaso of Ramavino was the patriarch of covenant, bris, of circumcision. By having this relationship with the idolatrous, he becomes powerless to save that person from purgatory. So, the Meshachachma explains that the, the mechanism, why that of all things, relates to this medrash. Avram chose Malchus, he chose exile. Exile means always being an outsider, always being an independent entity within your host nation. To some degree, there has to be a, uh, a barrier. Otherwise, it's not an exile. If somebody is entirely assimilated, then they're not an exile anymore. So, if somebody makes a choice to intermarry, then Avraham Avinu says, I can't save you. I, I chose Gullus, but you chose Gehenna because you, you took yourself out of Gullus by, by uh, having this relationship with idolaters. So, so yeah, the... Uh, the time to, to be lost um, is, is a necessary ill to preserve the Jewish people and their relationship eternally with God. So that's a time to lose. According to Talmud that it's going on the Jewish people, not on God, uh, meaning who is doing the seeking, it's a time to seek. It's time for the Jewish people to seek. I think there's a, a remarkable idea that uh, before a person can seek, they need to have a sense of being lost or having a loss. That seems to be the, 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 the structure over here that the, the, they needed to go into Golos in order to be lost in order to seek out God. That's the, the mechanism of preserving the covenant. Somebody needs to be lost before they can seek. They're not feeling a sense of loss, of, of needing to, to find some, some way to, uh, to, uh, to, to improve, to, to, be, to seek out something that they feel is missing. There's, there's, no, there's no reason for seeking. They don't feel a loss. So that's, that's uh, I would suggest, what the Talmud HaChachma is, is uh, viewing as Ace Labid, uh, Ace uh, Labid. Um, Ace, the Ace Lishma, a time to guard. God is the guardian of Israel. He does not sleep, does not slumber. And Ace Lahashal, a time to cast out and God will cast them out to a foreign land. So the, the idea, I think, is uh, it, from the Talmud HaChachma's interpretation that it's, again, relating to 
the, the God-man relationship, both aspects are, are how God is relating to us. He's not slumbering. He never slumbers. He always guards us. And yet, when he casts us out into the exile, to foreign lands, he makes us uncomfortable, isolated, that is also an act of shmirah. God is not slumbering. He's not off-duty. That, that is a, the time, lahashlich. That is what he's doing. But it's not in conflict with the shmirah. The shmirah never ends. The, the eighth lishmar is always lo yon velo yishan, shomer Yisrael. There's no cessation to the shmirah. Even the lahashlich is in the broader context of shmirah. When we look at the the perspective of what God, the time of how God acts towards us. He's always guarding us, and sometimes that entails casting us out. Yeah, the, uh, the next Pasuk. Pasuk Zion. Eis likroav eis lisfor. A time to rip and a time to mend or to uh, repair, sew something together. The Targum says that it's referring to the stages of mourning. Tering Kriya, as in Kriya, is the expression of loss in the face of death. And it's it's broader than just the, the Jewish response. We learned that from Eo, Job, uh, made an appearance earlier today, right? He, he is the chassid, turned away from evil. The expression of loss is given, uh, given a, a concrete validation through ripping. Uh, the Torah warns us, as Jews, not to be allowed to harm ourselves in the expression of this grief, but the, the ripping of the garment is permitted and, and sanctioned uh, response. I actually uh, asked of Shirkin, he gave a share once about the parameters of Kriya, and he said, it's not really a chiyuv, which is an interesting thing because you definitely see all over the place there's a chiyuv Kriya. Uh, but he said, it's not really a chiyuv in terms of the act, it's a chiyuv on the, on the premise that a person is experiencing a terrible loss. In that, in that emotional state, the Torah says, do kriya, tear, rip this garment as an expression of the loss you're feeling. So he said, if somebody's not feeling a loss, they don't have any obligation to tear kriya. If somebody, uh, there's an obligation to tear kriya if, if uh, passing of a, of a parent, for example. I, I asked him, I said, do, do the Menendez brothers have to tear Kriya? He said, no. <laughs> so they, they kill their parents, they're so happy. They're partying. They don't have to tear Kriya. There's no, they don't feel a sense of loss, there's no Chi of Kriya. Kriya is the, the directive how to uh, act in, in, the, in the face of this emotional uh, experience of the, of the loss. Ace Likroa. The Ace Litfor. And there's a time to mend, which, uh, depending on the loss. In the laws of Kriya, sometimes, uh, for example, on a parent, it should never be mended. That garment needs to be preserved that way. Uh, it's it's a, a loss that always needs to be felt. And sometimes the loss should be uh, passed on, moved on. So other types of avelus beyond the 30-day period that you have a heta, you can, you can mend the garment and you can wear it again, uh, move past that. Um, the, the time to... Uh, yeah, that, that's uh, a, a time to repair from the loss of death. The... The Targum continues, Iden Bakir Lemishtak When it says a time for silence, it means a time to be quiet from uh, fighting, 
from, from uh, Strife, Milina Tsa'a, like Matsu and Mariva, Ve'idin Bakhir, Limalola, Pisgome Matsusa, and is an appropriate time to speak uh, words of, of discord. Interesting, uh, to, to speak up in a fight. So you have to know when to be quiet in a fight, when to, uh, to walk away, as we saw earlier. The Bola Misatsuma Bishas Mariva is a tremendous uh, source of sustaining power of the world. David gets to call himself Chassid because of that. And uh, there's also time to speak up in a fight. It's uh, interesting that the, the Chinuch says the Torah is not machai of a person to be ke'evin doming, to be like a silent rock uh, in the face of, uh, of certain assaults. And we find this in halacha as well, that, that sometimes uh, it is appropriate to speak up. Uh, get a shulchan aruch here, one second. So in Evan uh, Ezer, also Ramam Ravid. The Evan Ezer, pretty close to the beginning, Perik, um, Simon Bey's Halacha Dalit. Kol shekarin lo mamzer v'shosek, oh, nosin v'shosek, ocholol v'shosek, anybody who is called a name. This is more than just your average uh, yo mama joke. He says, you are a mamzer. Your mama did something she shouldn't have done. And your lineage is Tarnished. Oh, Evi says, you're a slave. And he's silent. The Mechaber Paskins, that because there is no response, we view it as a tacit acceptance of the claim. He, he called you a slave, and you didn't say, I am not a slave. So maybe there's, uh, there's something to the story. And therefore, this is in the laws of Purvu, don't marry among them. Don't marry that family. Unless you actually do the due diligence to check and verify that they don't actually have any of these psulim. Not a mamzer, not a nasin, cholol, eved, none of these problems. The lineage is pure, then you can marry them. But in the context of Mariva, if there's, if there's an assault, the Mechaber seems to be saying, speak up, defend your lineage. Don't, don't make it look as though maybe it's true in a way that would compromise uh, the, the way you're perceived. The Ramah qualifies this Mechaber. Like I said before, it's a Ramam Ravid, and the Ramah takes a different stance. Uh, and it's not just... Ram Ravid, uh, the Ramah is quoting Tur in the name of uh, the Ri, Beis Yosef in the name of the Ramban, Rashba. He says, Yesh mishpacha echad He says, it has to be some smoking gun. If there's no smoking gun at all, and the guy says, you know, Israeli fellow says, uh, you know, to the guy, Benzona, or something like that. He says, you know, you can just keep walking. You don't have to say, no, I am not. And, uh, you know, well, allowed to marry into the family of Kahuna. <laughs> you don't have to do that. He says, unless there really is some rumor or some, some member of the family that did do something that they shouldn't have done, then the person needs to defend and say, no, that, that has nothing to do with me. I, I was not, uh, my, my personal status has not uh, been affected by that. Says, without that backdrop of a, of a cloud on his lineage and the broader family, he could be quiet, no problem. So, so uh, he's, he's ex exactly qualifying, this is what they're, they're hashing out of here. When, the, when Shlomo El says, a time to uh, be quiet, a time to speak up, and the Targum says, in a fight, so at what time should he be quiet? When do you say, it's nothing, and don't bother responding? When do you say, no, this this could have fallout, I better speak up and say, it's not true. And give, give the response. The Yeh Shomrim, some say, continues the Ramah, 
Od, the Kol Zed, Dafka, Bederes Rishonim. All this is true in the earlier days. Shabbes Niskalski, Lishot Mitchachar Chaveru. Manishim also, Kirai. That in the earlier times when the courts would administer punishments for somebody that violated uh, another person's dignity, so then that's when this is relevant. And the, the silence would be construed as uh, a partial admission. Shtika Kehoda. As though he agrees with the claim. But nowadays, you don't have to respond. Anyway, there's no, there's no court punishment. There's, there's not going to be, at least in Besden, a libel suit. So, so therefore, just let it go. It's even praiseworthy to let it go. Unless he hurls this insult without it being in the context of a fight. It says if it's not in the context of a fight, then even nowadays, some guy says, yeah, he, he's an avid. He is a slave. Not in a fight. So the guy needs to say, no, I need to correct you. I'm not a slave. I don't have any lineage of slaves. He, he, he does need to step up. continues Ramah. We don't say that it's um, a tacit acceptance. The guy said he's a mamzer and he's quiet. Maybe he really is a mamzer. Unless he himself screams bloody murder when the guy says anything else. He says, you got it, I'm not a Ganav. He says, he says, you Rudseach, I'm not a Rudseach, you Mamzer. Oh, silence. He says, hey, you, you protested about all the other things he called you. This time you're quiet? Oh, must be, it's true. So it says, but im shosek tamid, if the guy always just takes silently whatever the uh, claims are without making a, an official rebuttal, then lo We just view it as him not responding. The dog is barking, he doesn't have to bark back. So that's uh, another possibility. Shabbat If they are starting up with his children, he should make uh, a statement to the contrary. Interesting. Just the opposite. If it's not actually about his yichos, about his lineage, his pedigree, and somebody's just calling him, uh, you know, a slothful guy or something, and he's, uh, you know, he's, whatever it is, some other negative traits, and he just lets it blow by. He doesn't take it, uh, let it escalate into a big fight. He says that actually the simon that he has a good yichus. The good yichus is to, to be vatran, to, to be uh, more uh, conciliatory. So, so that's, uh, if it's not a, an attack on his pedigree, so it's actually an, an indication that he has a good pedigree if he just lets the, an assault uh, against his, uh, you know, per, whatever it is, they say he's not this, he's not that, he is this, he is that. If it's not enough to the pedigree, let it go. That's, that's the recommendation. So, that's, uh, oh. You can, uh, one second. Can everybody hear me? Can you hear me? Uh, yeah? Can you hear me? I can't hear you. Yes? Okay, great. Okay, great. Okay. Excellent. Fine. So, yes. Yeah, so, moving, moving on in, in terms of the uh, final interpretation over here. Uh, we saw the Targum. Others say differently on this. Um, we have Rashi. Rashi says, um, in terms of the, the ripping and the mending, he's not talking about mourning per se, but he's referring to the, the symbolic uh, role of the Jewish polity. So the ripping of the kingdom was a symbol of the, the fall of King Saul. And, and, and also... Uh, oh, thank you so much. Okay, take care. Uh, and, uh, and the mending of the, uh, of the kingdom is uh, 
reflected in the, the book of, of Ezekiel, that um, the two kingdoms represented by uh, Joseph and, and Judah will be reunited. So the, the former break between the house of Israel and the house of Judah will once again in the future, in the Messianic era, be reunited. That, that's a symbol of mending this terrible break that uh, was the majority, actually, of, of the Jewish political life uh, when there was autonomy. So, so yeah, that's, that's the way uh, Rashi says it. Um, the next part of a time for silence and a time to, to speak uh, Rashi says that the time for silence, actually, it's just we just had it last week, is reflected in Aaron's silence. Aaron, the high priest, was silent. Vayidom Aaron. He was silent in the face of this terrible loss of his sons. That was a time of silence. He was rewarded for that silence. We have multiple words of our sages saying he was rewarded for that silence. Here Rashi says, imo. He merited that as a result of that silence, God spoke to him. Specifically, if you view the psukim, right after the death of his sons for bringing a strange fire, they, they died, Aaron was silent, and then on the heels of that, Aaron is told to give over to the Jewish people a, a new revela revelation of the laws that pertain to not having intoxicating drink at the time of service, etc. He merited that. It says, for the, re for the reward of his silence. Uh, God spoke to, to Aaron, wine and intoxicating drink do not consume uh, in the context of service. Which, uh, according to the, uh, one of the interpretations, was the problem with Nadav and Aviyu. Nadav and Aviyu violated this principle. They were engaged in the service under the influence of wine or other intoxicant. And now that they were killed, Aaron is being told, okay, that this is not okay. This, this needs to be avoided. And the Nitziv, in his commentary on Shira Shirim, says a uh, very beautiful interpretation um, yeah, let me get it for a second. Yeah, it says, uh, in referring to the relationship between God and the Jewish people, the Jewish people are, are ref reflecting on the, the kisses of God, as it were, of his mouth, are being better than, or, or you know, let him kiss me from the kisses of his mouth because they are your, your friendship your love is better to me than wine and the Nitzv explains that wine and other intoxicants can be transformative from the human perspective we can see and perceive things in an altered state that we otherwise wouldn't be privy to, but it doesn't make God any closer to us. It may, might make us feel God's presence, but it doesn't make God feel us or feel more endeared towards us. So that is what the Shir Hashim is saying. Your tovim dodech it's more tov, more sholem, it's more complete, it's a greater sense of closeness being uh, friends with you, being having this relationship with you, than wine. The wine ex exposes me to perceiving you, the human, perceiving God, but it does not bring God closer to the person. In order for a person to endear themselves to God, they have to engage in dodecha, in being close to God, go in God's ways. So even if you don't necessarily see God there, it will bring God closer to you, so to speak. So, none of them of you got it wrong. They, in the service of God, took wine, according to one of, these, you know, one of the primary interpretations, and we are warned not to. That, that, that only 
affects the relationship from our perspective, but that's not really where we should be uh, engaging in the service. The act of service is how we bring ourselves close to God, not how we try to perceive God without changing ourselves, uh, just by this uh, altered perception through the intoxicant. So that's um, the revelation that was given to Aaron in, in a reward for his silence. The Talus HaChachma says, a time to be silent, deceive Okay, so again, he's learning, he's learning it in, in reference to the, the relationship between God and the Jewish people and humanity. Uh, there are times that, that we have of revelation and a time of uh, conciliation. The speaking to the heart is, uh, is this talking that, that the Talmud uh, is referring to. In a time of distance, uh, the Medrash explains this Pasik in a fascinating way. It has a little story. Uh, oh, I need a Medrash on Kohelis. Here it is, sorry. It says as follows. Ace Lachashos, a time for silence, to be silent. Ace Ladab, a time to speak. Intesei de Rabbi Mana, the wife of Rabbi Mana, Dimochas Bitsiparin. Unfortunately, his wife died in Tsiparin. Selek Rabbi Avon Legave, Rabbi Avon went up to him. To show his face. So, uh, Rabbi Avon is now going to comfort the mourner, Rabbi Mana. And he's going to comfort the mourner. He says to him, Do you have any, uh, any divit Torah to share? you have any... any uh, revelations in the Torah that you can enlighten us about? Some word of enlightenment? What did he respond? What did Rimana, who's in this morning for the passing of his wife, what did he say? Amalei ha mata onasa de oraisa de Here has come the time of the Enlightenment of silence. Onasa the time, de oraisa, of light, of the Torah, of dimachashe, of silence. So the, the person is com coming to uh, comfort the mourner, lost his wife, and he says, you know, the Torah is, is, brings a person uh, rejoicing. Maybe this, maybe this is a good plan. He says, no, now... The enlightenment is the time for enlightenment of silence. It is better to be silent. Now the enlightenment is through silence, stillness. It is better to be silent. Meaning, of course, it's good to speak in the words of Torah. But at this time, the better enlightenment will be achieved through silence. In the face of this terrible loss of mortality. Ain Isha Mesa Gemara says that the greatest loss is perceived by a spouse. It says in both directions. Husband, wife, wife, husband. In the face of that loss, the enlightenment is achieved from a, a, a silent perspective. So he says, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you of art. I'm not going to share words of Torah with you. Not because... Uh, I don't have what to say. It's more enlightening for me to, to be silent. Miss Alia, it is better. Lemishtaka, to be silent. There, there will be a greater achievement of enlightenment through the silence. That's the, that's the better Torah at this time. That's, that is the, the amazing teaching of Rabbi Mana. And 
plugging that back into what Rashi said, Rashi said Aaron was rewarded for his silence in the face of the death of his sons to the communication, the dibur, the words of Torah, the enlightenment that was given to him as a result. God conveyed to him new revelation about how he wants to be served. You want to come and serve in the, in the Mishkan, in the tabernacle, in the temple, further on beyond that? There cannot be any intoxication involved. Even if a person feels uh, a new perception through that, they can perceive God better, that doesn't matter. It's prohibited. That new revelation was a reward. It was a new revelation to him that he was given out of the silence. Vahidum Aram. So, it's, it's important that the, the, uh, the Torah needs to be the ideal Torah for the time. And sometimes, it's what Ramana is saying, kind of uh, counterintuitive, the enlightenment through the silence will be greater than whatever enlightenment might be achieved through speaking in the face of that grief. And that's, uh, that's an important thing. Uh, Gerard, you were speaking about this, that it, it's always important for Torah to be the, the guidance of how to live and never a distraction. So in order for it to be authentic Torah, it can't be a diversion. It needs to be how we live. So in, in the face of this loss, the person is, is nishtomim, they're, they're, they have no mouth. That's, it says, Avel en pet. The mourner has no mouth. So to speak words of Torah in that context is artificial. It's not really where they're going to gain the enlightenment from. They have no mouth. It's not really with the state of being that they can have the typical enlightenment through words of Torah, through speaking Torah. And therefore, the silence is a better Torah. The, the silence will be the catalyst for greater apprehension of enlightenment. And there's a time for that. Eis lachashos. It's, it's, uh, it, it will be more revelatory, more enlightening. That's uh, the reward that Aaron got. Okay, excellent.